In this podcast, we examine the lesser-known world of pharmacy aesthetics. To do this, I spoke to Amar Suchde, the founder of Pharmaesthetics UK, a company that teaches pharmacists to become effective aesthetic practitioners. To try to further understand what motivates a pharmacist to take on training in this area, I also spoke to a local pharmacist, Fishil Shah, who is currently undertaking the training in pharmacy aesthetics. Firstly, can I ask, what is Pharmaesthetics UK and what is your role within the business? So um, Pharmaesthetics UK is a platform for pharmacists to enter aesthetics. So essentially we're an academy um, to help pharmacists develop a new skill set in injectables. And then at the end of the uh, six to nine month course, they get a level seven postgraduate qualification in injectables. So that's that's the long term aim. Um, I'm the founder of uh, Pharmaesthetics UK. What exactly does aesthetics describe what procedures would pharmacists potentially be carrying out? So I got into aesthetics 2014, as I said, and at the time I had actually carried out one of these one or two day courses and I was all happy. I was buzzed. I was thinking, you know, what am I going to do? Um, I just learned, you know, I just injected a model and I was thinking, oh, I could do this. I can do that. But the one thing I really struggled with from the get-go was um, I slowly was starting to lose confidence the more I didn't see a patient. So I started to go around trying to find a mentor, trying to find someone that can help me. Um, and I literally knocked on hundreds and thousands of doors and a lot of people turned me down. And the only man that took me under his wing was uh, Dr. Vincent Wong. Uh, and he opened my eyes to a lot more treatment. So initially I started off with anti-wrinkle injections, which basically is to reduce frown lines on on, the, on a person's forehead or whatnot, to dermal fillers, which are like lip enhancements or nasal line injections to sort of volumize the area of the face. And then under Vincent's supervision, I started to expand into, you know, mesotherapy, which is improving the quality of the skin. Uh, likewise, same as medical skin peels, microneedling and started to move into advanced treatments as well so yeah I mean aesthetics as a, as a whole is basically to help someone looks them help them look themselves but better and I guess that's what I've learned over the last period of time is just eye to detail and then growing that uh, aspect of beauty yeah so correct me if I'm wrong but this is generally an area maybe reserved for doctors um, dentists nurses and things like that how has it shifted to sort of include pharmacists i always tell people there's a doctors and nurses world more likely a nurses world over the concept of aesthetics it it was it was an unregulated area which allowed certain healthcare professionals to come in and non-healthcare professionals and i think that was the biggest problem which was leading to more issues for patients uh, so the patient safety was hindered so over the last few years um, the health education england and department of health have uh, helped provide guidelines to ensure you know these are the sort of practitioners that should be carrying out um, injectable treatments that would be a doctor dentist nurse or a pharmacist and i, I believe a midwife as well and they've started to, started to reduce the there's a campaign out there to not the healthcare professionals such as beauticians and whatnot to stop these sort of um, treatments because there's a lot more problems occurring. So, I mean, for pharmacists per se, I mean, I've got Vishal here with me today. In our pharmacy sort of course that we study at university, we probably touch on anatomy and we probably touch on um, certain concepts of what aesthetics actually brings. But the actual, you know, if you get down to the nitty gritty of everything in aesthetics, there's a lot to learn and I think when I built Pharmaesthetics UK with our partner we've we've tried to build 
we, we worked with them to provide this platform to ensure that pharmacists a learn their injectable skills under safe supervision by class, you know world class doctors and actually come out at the end of it actually having patient exposure from the get go understanding how to manage complications and to actually grasp the concept of the anatomy facial nerves where certain arteries lie and actually come out of this actually gaining a new skill set that they probably never learned at university and probably wish they did uh, in that sort of concept. I mean, what do you think, Vision? No, I agree. Um, pharmacists generally, they know medicine, drugs, things like that. But if you tell someone, if you tell a pharmacist, okay, if I tell you to inject a patient here on the face, tell me what, what you're going to hit, what vessel you're going to hit, what artery you're going to hit. 90% won't know this. <laughs> so I think these these courses are a must like I've I've done a two day course in aesthetics and I came out with it with a qualification so I can actually apply my skills right now. But I don't have the confidence to do it on a daily basis because there's so many complications involved or could be involved that we're, we're unaware of. Talk me through the course itself, what it sort of entails, how long it takes and sort of the costs involved with it. Okay, so if you take a pharmacist, their journey starts from a foundation day uh, where they're introduced to the concept of uh, injectables, which would be anti-wrinkle injections and dermal fillers, which is the foundation sort of day-to-day sort of procedures that carry out in uh, clinics. You would be lectured on uh, different things, on varying from anatomy to skin to complications and actual concept of how these Uh, medical devices and drugs actually work in the body and then you are then moved on to actually carrying out these procedures on a on a on a model which basically helps you give you some sort of concept of how an injectable works how you actually inject how many units whatnot from there you are then uh, provided a mentor um, and you are uh, invited to an introductory day with your mentor which would basically set the timetable up for you which would say look these are the days you can do and these are the days the doctor can do so not every pharmacist coming in you know as flexible as a locum some are working five six days for high-end chain or an independent or a hospital so it's trying to manage that concept and working around with the doctor and the mentors typically the doctors who normally do the procedures yeah. correct yeah so they all have their own clinics so um you would either be under their supervision how i've based this structure is how i had my pre-reg in a high-end pharmacy how we were invited to spend time with a pre-reg tutor you're in a pharmacy setting uh, you understand every little concept and then you have an exam at the end of it it's pretty much exactly the same but with a doctor in an aesthetic clinic Um, and then during that time you have uh, e-learning to do which is uh, university material uh, with using cutting edge technology which basically you work in your own time but it basically aids your learning by you know, giving you lecture slides on anatomy, uh, skin, law and ethics, um, so many different concepts. You then have to carry out, uh, observe 10 procedures um, under supervision, which would be your anti-wrinkles and your dermal fillers. And then you have to carry out 10 procedures, which would be anti-wrinkle and dermal fillers. After that, your mentor then signs you off if he thinks or she thinks that you're comfortable and ready to go ahead. And then you're invited to uh, an OSCE, which is... Um, eight OSCE stations, two including practical sessions and some multiple choice exams. And then at the end of it, you get a, a diploma. So it definitely co- sounds like a blast it's, from the past. It's, the <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite intense. I mean, 
a visual has just started. I so, mean, yeah, how do you feel? I have, I have started. Um, it, there's a lot of information, and it, it takes you back to <laughs> your grinding at uni. Again. I think I read that you have to do a series of short essays as well. Yeah, yeah short essays yeah, as well. So, yeah. yeah, there's about I think four or five units where you have to uh, do about four or five hundred words per essay. Um, but again, it's just something away from work again. Yeah. And this time round, you're not working. At uni, you're doing exams for the sake of doing something. This is a flip. You're doing something because you want to do it. And you're you're learning something that you want, want to learn rather than just, I, mean, what, I need to do this. When I saw this concept uh, that the, my uh, partners sort of uh, built up, when I was learning and I was mentored by Dr. Wong, it was informal in the sense it was way of Dr. Wong's learning and teaching me. I never had this structure. So the moment I saw the e-learning materials and this and that I looked at it and I the geek in me got so excited I was like oh my god this is so cool this is so cool and I I remember when I was setting all of this up and we chose um I mean our six students that came onto the pilot scheme I remember I kept saying to you guys oh I'm so you you guys are gonna love it you guys are gonna love it I don't know if you have loved it but I, I mean it's um I think it's a really cool concept and I mean you're out of I've been out of university since 2012. I've, I'm an independent prescriber myself. But I mean, some of the pharmacists, they've not actually gone back to actually educate or, you know, retouching their learning. And Vishal's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a flip because you're actually wanting to do this. And it's all there in a compact sort of structured way. And it's cool. I think it's, it's a cool concept. And it, you, you go back to basics. Yeah. So you, you learn about the skin, the anatomy. And as you get older... You're not just memorizing things how, you know, at uni, sometimes you're memorizing for an exam and this and that. You're actually understanding every single detail that you're you're reading. Yeah. And you're learning in a different way than you were at uni. Like university, you go there, you learn, and it's pretty much all theory-based. This is an academy, even though it's got university-esque materials. You're applying your theory into practical aspects as well. So it's a different sort of structure. There's a different, complete different format. But it is pretty much you go to an academy to learn and you've got all this structured in a package. But you're actually applying it. You're actually going out there and actually learning and put, working on models and uh, actual humans, you know. So it's uh, it's quite cool. We've covered how the course is substantial but also has all the components needed so that you feel that you are ready to do work at the end of it. So can you explain how it's a good opportunity for pharmacy contractors or locum pharmacists? I'm a locum, but for me, it's just more about um, I don't want to do the same thing every day. And that was one of my f- key things was like, OK, what else can I do in pharmacy that's not related to pharmacy, <laughs> if you know what I mean? But while I was talking to the chains I work for and I said to them, look, I'm, I'm going to be doing this. Um, and when I've qualified, what can we do together? And the way things are going in pharmacy, everything's getting privatized. It was like a bit of a light bulb in the owner's heads, our heads. It was actually, right, we can possibly create a clinic and set up a, like how we did with travel clinic, let's set up an aesthetics clinic, a cosmetics clinic where people can come in. So you're broadening the pharmacy, um, the pharmacy setting for the owner, but also yourself. Now you're, you're employable as something different rather than just a locum pharmacist. You're employable in aesthetics. I think also with pharmacists, if you take community pharmacy, because I'm I'm from a community pharmacy setting, it got to a point where I my job satisfaction was low, Mm. and I wasn't being appreciated for what I was doing. I mean, I mean, the company that I worked for, 
their targets on how many people you text to let them know that their medication's ready. And I mean, it got to a point where it was like, you know, I went uni for four years and one year for pre-reg. Yeah, and I'm bagging and Doris is getting a med, you know, which was rewarding, but at the same time, we were never being appreciated. And I guess coming into this sort of concept, A, you're being appreciated for the work that you do because what you put in, your patients or your clients would actually reap the benefits for that. And you see the results happening straight away. And secondly, your... um, you know, it is a, it's the work-life balance is a lot better. I mean, I've completely left the pharmacy setting. So going into aesthetics pretty much 24-7 has been a, you know, crazy for me. But it's um, one thing I, I've really loved is the flexible, you know, times I can work with, I can do different things that allows me to grow as a person. And I feel job satisfaction. And that means so much to me. And I think going to university for the last four years it actually makes sense that I'm actually utilising the knowledge I've put into there, adding to what I've learned through aesthetics and then actually ensuring that our clients are, you know, happy. And that feels good. It's a completely different feeling. And I think with the way it's going, as Vishal was saying, it's it, it will be something that uh, will start to probably be more attractive to the high street pharmacies. Even, even away from the, the money side of it, it's... It's a bit of an art form. You're doing something with yeah. your hands rather than behind a behind a computer all day, you know, labeling, handing out medication. That's that's fine. But away like I say, away from the money side is you're you're sculpting something. And a lot of people some people might not like that. Some people but if you're into that, you can really make something of it. I mean I mean unique to our course as well, we've got uh, unique study days which basically enhance a pharmacist's eye to beauty and that took me time to learn you know you have to really respect the ratios of uh, of, a, of a face of a, of, a, of a woman's body or of a male's body you have to look at all angles there's there's a whole concept that you really need to respect it's not just injecting someone and saying well ah, thank you very much bye-bye it's about actually seeing your your facial structure your you dividing the face and then also you know pharmacists they are more business-minded than other healthcare professionals, but we basically enhance their their concept of the business of how you actually grow your own clinic, how you actually advertise internal uh, external promotions, you know how um, you know you you create client intimacy in, intimacy, but you, we sort of add that sort of concept to it. So it's not just pure science, science, science. There is a business concept to it of how you you know do that, and then at the end of it, I mean, successful candidates. You know, I've got five six different venues in London as clinics and I'm looking to expand that so we're looking to bring in people that we train through this course and give them an employment uh, opportunity AMS aesthetics if you're unsuccessful or whatever way you want to go and do your own thing you have that concept of learning how to build your own clinics and what you do how you market and it's a different concept it's this whole new learning one of the things that I'm sure some people think is well a lot of people feel like they need to improve themselves but that's beauty as an eye of the beholder and all that. But how do you argue position that this is something which is needed or wanted? So, I mean, me personally, I, being trained under Dr. Wong, his sort of ethos and ethics was passed down to me. So we don't, I've probably turned more people away than I have actually treated. We don't treat anyone under the age of 21 for certain procedures. And certain procedures, we don't tra- treat anyone under the age of 25. There is this craze at the moment with the Kardashians and people wanting to look a certain way and all these selfies, I want this and I want that. But it's about educating the individual saying, look, you are actually a beautiful person. You know, maybe 
break it down to angles and ratios, then you could say, look, maybe we could do a little bit here and what not to do it. But the concept of a aesthetics is completely different to an NHS structure. And what I mean by that is when you go and see your GP, you are going there and the power is in the GP's hand. You are in his need to provide you advice. Whereas in aesthetics, the power is in the client's hands because they're the ones that want the, the treatments. You are there to you know solely say, you know, this is what you can do or what you can't do. So they're coming to you for a service and not expecting you to you know, up on floors, floors on, they, they're coming for a, you know if you went shopping you're going for that place to buy something so the concept is respecting that you are sort of dealing with people in in a sort of medical sense but you are the power is in their hands and it's about educating them and just working around that i guess it's, it, it's a learning curve i think that's where obviously where the ethics comes in you yeah. can't just say um, oh actually i'm going to do this this and this on on on, on you and they agree to it some some people won't know any better and all of a sudden you're injecting something into them for for just for the sake of oh i'm going to make this much money well um, how do we avoid that because obviously i'm sure there's money involved in the consultation but maybe more for certain procedures of course yeah. so how do you stop the pharmacists or other healthcare professionals who are doing these procedures from just taking advantage of the insecurities of like I said i mean we're in the process of growing we've grown quite quickly i mean when we launched in january we have about 40,000 people talking about our course within a month. Uh, so it's grown quite quickly. So our job now is to ensure that we're getting quality pharmacists in and actually turning them into great aesthetic practitioners. And what I mean by that is, you know, I went under a stringent sort of learning and I was working seven days a week and my days off, I'd be going into Harley Street and I'd be observing Dr. Wong. And it was a constant drive to ensure that I don't let him down and he I, I utilize all the concept of learning that I'm getting I want to put that back into the course and ensure that the good pharmacists that we bring in through the screening process they actually respect and understand the ethics and the concept of it and when they come out of it they're learning their outlook to things are completely different not looking at the money I mean I don't emphasize money on all of this I think if you're coming into aesthetics for wealth then you're coming in it for a wrong reason. Uh, it should be to, to develop yourself as an individual and add a new skill set to your CV and actually improve people's lives in, in a good way. And that's something I need to, as, a, as my individual self and my team, embed that into the course. I mean, you'd probably agree with that as yeah, well. Yeah, um, I think, I think that's, it's education is the key. There'll be loads of people, loads of um, pharmacists who will go into it thinking money, 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 and... If someone comes in, oh, I'm going to do four or five procedures without thinking about it too much. Which is wrong, yeah. And that's where your ethics plays in. And you have to say, actually, look, this person doesn't deserve what I'm just giving her or him or her. I, I have to actually sit down and say, look, you don't need this, but you might need this. And talk talk through it. And that's it. Maybe not looking at you know how much profit you can make. Since the course takes, let's say, maybe a year, up to three years perhaps, um, to complete. And it costs just over £6,000. Is it financially viable for either a pharmacy business or a local pharmacist to undertake this? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I live in Essex myself and I tell people where I live on the high street, there are probably about four or five beauty salons where women will go in and get their hair and makeup and whatnot done. Now, they're always packed 24-7. 
and it's about the quality that you provide to the individual. And once, I mean, myself, I get one person to cut my hair, one person only. I don't go to other people. And if they've, if people have messed up in the past, I'll find someone else. And that's coming back to the fact that you've got the pay, the client's got the power in their hands. They choose who they want to go to. So, I mean, if you're providing a good service, it took me a good year and a half to really build a, um, a cycle of clients coming in to ensuring that, you know, I was making some form of profit and living from it. So were you at the time still working as a local pharmacist? I, I was so fed up where I was. I had situations in uh, personal and work life that I said, I'm done. And that was, a. Uh, and I said, I looked at what, where I was. I had a good network of people around me, my family and really good close friends. And I said to myself, right, I'm going to leave this pharmacy concept. I'm going to really make this work. And don't tell me wrong, I still needed my bread and butter so I'd maybe work one one or two days a week as a locum. But the other day was just, just growing, just completely growing. So, I mean, it's allowed me now to provide this platform and act as a um, someone that can help you do this because I've gone through all the rubbish, you know, all the tough days and seeing you know, this patient, you know, this and how do I grow this, how do I grow that? So, I mean... Having Vincent by my side was was um, a bonus. He helped me get into Harley Street, so that helped me get set my first clinic up in that sort of concept. And then we started to grow, and then we worked in Chelsea Football Club and uh, one of my clinics there. And then it just started to grow, and then people started to really respect the services we provided. I had a good little network, and now I have five, six different venues with three, four different doctors working, and I'm now looking to provide bringing more pharmacists to come and work and so it's like um it's coming back to your question yes i think it it can be beneficial but you just have to provide good quality and it will take time and then you just have to build cycles 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 break it down into content anti-wrinkle injections last about three to four months dermal fillers last six to nine months so if you've done a good job with a anti-wrinkle injection for a, a lady or a guy after three four months they'll be coming back you're building a cycle Thermal fillers, six to nine months. Once they're happy with your work and they come back, you're building a cycle. And that takes a year or so in, in, in full to really grow something to people come back and back. So your first year is completely getting as many people as you get can get in, become good at what you're doing and ensuring you build that cycle for the second year and then your business grows. It's interesting because it's not quite how pharmacies run monthly. you got the same patients coming in and out. It's probably more yeah. like how dental dentists feel yeah exactly yeah you know, they have someone six months later they might come back yeah depending yeah. on the service they yeah. got and that, that's the key it's the service right bad service they're not gonna you're gonna see that client again and this 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 is what the course is about i mean these one or two day courses some people may you know thrive off it and go and quickly get their business up and running and they've got a certificate but this whole concept is actually ensuring that once you start this whole thing you haven't you're reducing the time wasted of actually trying to grow yourself as an individual and actually start doing something with it, you know, and that's the trouble I went through for a year, year and a half, all the slogging and the worrying and, and you know, financially, you know, I'm like, what's going to happen? And I've been through all the dark days, which has allowed me to open up this sort of concept. So, yeah, it's, and that's what my book's about. And probably help support those who are going through the course now. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I'm probably in the same boat right now yeah. as you were then. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the same position where I'm thinking, I need to get out of pharmacy, but at the same time, I can't. And it's come at the right time where, yes, I can um, practice the uh, procedures of aesthetics, but with the confidence of these guys and the doctors and everything, you'll just fast, fast yeah. forward it a little bit. Whereas we, I didn't have that. I didn't have that, that sort of structure. I mean, my advice to every pharmacist that comes in 
some will come in and say, oh, that's it, I'm done, I'm leaving pharmacy, this is my life now. No. no. Pharmacy is your bread and butter and will always be your bread and butter. And we're, fa- we're grateful that we actually have a career where we can fall back on and actually go and locum and do something with it. So it's a transition. You transition into it and you, you, you make sure that you've got your foundation there, you look after your family, your house and whatnot, and then you can reap the benefits. So how did you first get involved? We were just talking about can, do, can pharmacists do these procedures? This was a few years back. And at the time, we were just thinking, no, I don't think there is anything. And then we just came across these two-day courses where even though they don't advertise pharmacists can do it we just call them up and they said actually we are doing it for pharmacists now at the time i thought you know i have to jump onto this because like i said i wanted to move away from pharmacy a little bit you you come at the two-day course and you're kind of on a bit of top of the world a little bit thinking oh i've got a new skill set even though you don't (laughs) it's just a bit of a i can do this but in the back of my head i was like i can't do this because i'm not really trained to do this so I had a few people call me saying, I'm setting up a clinic. Can you do this? I heard you're qualified. I said, okay, fine. But then I spoke to Amma here and um, telling me about the new changes and how the law is going to change. And these this new level seven accreditation needs to be done. The thing is shifting with the pharmacy sector. They are trying to, they, they, they started to see, oh, there is a new career path on this. One thing with the level seven is, it's the aim of growing into ensuring patient safety yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's in ensuring that, that there's a trust level and ensuring that you yourself grows. At the moment, it is classed as it's not strict in the guidelines that everyone should become level seven, but it is something that they're it's something they want to move towards or the guidelines are completely changing in the sense that the healthcare professional, be it doctor, pharmacist, nurse or whatnot, it's helping you grow as an individual and adding trust to the, the, the patient that you're with that you are level seven qualified. But there are people out there that may not need to do that other healthcare professional that are just completely comfortable. But I think in the grapevines, I have heard that the pharmacy sector are going to start to introduce specialist registers, which are going to try to ensure that there is some sort of regulation and people that only the right people can be doing it as you would as a pharmacist or medicine. So one of the criteria for doing this course is either being an independent prescriber or show intent that you plan to in the near future. Yeah. So if it was me, for instance, and I wanted to do this, and at the moment I haven't got anyone to help me through my independent prescribing course, do you provide... So, I mean, I'd like to emphasise this is purely Pharmaceutics UK. There are other, probably other academies that are less strict on the entry requirements. But because I'm trying to just bring in quality pharmacists, we are trying to say that you need to be three years post-qualified pharmacist. You need to be an independent prescriber. And the reason why I say that is because the moment you qualify and you're actually comfortable, you need to be ready to prescribe uh, your anti-wrinkle products uh, you need to prescribe your medical skin products. You need to prescribe certain things and do consultations. You can't keep relying on someone to prescribe on you, otherwise you'll, you'll never grow. So yes, we do provide a designated medical practitioner. So your doctor, your mentor, there is a package part of our course that allows you to um, have them as your DMP for the independent prescribing course and try and do it parallel. Some people have said, can you do it together? I have, and I think it's doable, but it's hard work. But it's something that I believe, me personally, I think getting pharmacists to come out of this, they need to be of that sort of level before they can grow. Yeah, no, I think I think for you to grow, you need to do it. I think it's a must. Like, even generally. if you went for IP course, I think 
some universities say you need to be two years post qualification because they expect you to have some form of experience before you can actually start prescribing and 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 i mean your insurance will shoot up but it's because your your the powers in your hand you can prescribe anything you want really but you specialize in a in an area that you're very comfortable with and that can be you know anti with with aesthetics it's antibiotics you're you learn your pain controls your aesthetic products and whatnot so there is a vast sort of concept rather than just specializing in respiratory and doing just respiratory products or whatnot i mean yeah is there anything else you would like to add i mean if if i was to really sit down and be a pharmacy uh, an owner of an independent pharmacy actually bringing in these sort of procedures the concept of it can be a bit difficult and what i mean by that is you have your day-to-day medication dispensing going on and then your clinic would have to be quite private maybe to a side people don't know that they've gone in a lot some people are happy that they've had the treatment done and want to show to people some are very low key so a you can't be like your standard consultation people can see coming in and out how Not just you, a curtain you pull to the side. You can't, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, when you do it, I mean, during the day, if you're a seven, eight thousand, ten thousand item store, are you going to employ another pharmacist or a prescriber to come in as another concept um, to to do that, or do you do it in evening time? So it's something that you enjoy and add add as a private sort of care, and you may sit there. Cause I have my clinic start from 12 to 9, 10 o'clock. There'll be days where people can only come in after work and they can do that. So is it something that you add to your services but can only be additional to what you're doing? So there are so many different concepts that you, you do need to respect. You know, I mean, my, my clinics are a clinic. It's part of either an area that has high footfall or is a full-on clinic like such as Harley Street or Mayfair and whatnot. It's just understanding that concept, and that might take time. I mean, yeah. your concept might be is quite yeah, cool. I think. As in the re- the reason why um, this pharmacy um, in Rickmansworth tried it is because a lot of people are asking them, "Oh, do you guys do these procedures?" Because there's nothing around here, and it's an area where a lot of people want to get it done. Yeah. So they had the space. Okay, let's let's put a clinic in rather than um, you no, know, we'll buy a new space and do it that yeah. way. Um, and they work in a different way. They don't. Um, they're not. They're not hiring me to do these procedures. We're we're just splitting everything. Mm. Um, so that way, there's no. For them, it's not like oh my god, we're paying someone. Yeah, as a, as it's an not extra like going up. Yeah, it's not going up. You make what you make on whoever's coming in. Yeah, it's a good concept. So it it works differently for you know different areas, different people. Um, you just gotta figure out what you want to do. But I think there's a lot of scope for for pharmacies, pharmacists, and pharmacies. If you were a contractor and you had, you thought you had the suitable location in your pharmacy, like you have two consultation rooms, mm. second exit, things like that, how would you then choose to get involved, even if you weren't wanting to do the course yourself, like bring in someone who's did the course and who's got those sort of relationships set up? The clinic space would have to be, you know, with a sink, quite clinical in the, and sterile. That's obviously the main thing. And I guess as a pharmacy, you could probably bring it in and have someone like Bishop coming in as a locum aesthetic practitioner, if, yeah. if you put it into perspective. How would you so, look at <laughs> someone who's able to do these no, things? No, exactly. So like I was I was found word of mouth, yeah. um, but that's not the case for everyone. So there's, there's so much social media now that, oh, I'm looking for this person. That's one way. But again, you don't know. You, you'd have to f- figure out in terms of interviews and things like that. Don't I don't believe that you should just bring anyone off the street and say I'm I'm an aesthetics pharmacist hire me. 
I mean, the, the, whoever is going to do that, they'll they look at your insurance certificates, your actual certificates of actually injecting, who's actually giving you the in, uh, certificates, are they credible? I mean, there's like a stringent procedure that you would any, anyone. At the moment, like I said, there's there's no like register to say that pharmacist is 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 a capable one. It is sort of a word of mouth. It's more recommendations. But I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's probably something I've already spoken about mm. in the next few years we'd be working on actually providing like a locum service as a for estate practitioners i mean you're from we locum so you probably have <laughs> something like that and it could be something it's another concept you know it's different different concepts i mean if you look at some agencies at the moment who are looking for gp pharmacists i mean it's that sort of concept of actually growing that and have you had people come to you and say what well, can you do it and you're like well actually no i've got my own things going on and then they say me personally no, I've, I've never been approached by a pharmacy or a pharmacist to do anything personally and that's purely because i am i do this and i i do my my work and whatnot but i just i don't know i've never really put myself out there to go and do that i'm quite yeah. busy with also, growing clinics i also think it's, it's not 100% well known yet yeah. yeah yeah it's so it's an embryo at the moment it's such an embryo it's like no one really knows this sort of concept if at you, the moment if you ask if you walked into a pharmacy just down the road anywhere here and you said to them I've got a pharmacist who can do aesthetics they'll be like are you sure they can do that yeah. <laughs> I mean that's why we grew so quick 40,000 people we get in about 100 150 emails a week of people interested on people that did not know this world existed and I mean on a business sense when you're when you're growing this with our partners and whatnot it just highlight you know the the lack of not uh, awareness that this sort of career option is exists and I mean I tell people and I joke with people I'm a Man United fan and I tell people that I'm going to be doing it Ferguson style. So we're not just looking at the current pharmacists. There's a reason why I've been going to all the universities and talking to people is because it's now started to educate the third years, the fourth years. The ones that got started coming into their pre-reg, they actually know by their third year, this is purely just for Pharmacetics UK, that they have someone there who is a pharmacist, it's run by a pharmacist. It's a structure created for a pharmacist. It's started to look at the young and... and it's a different avenue. Completely. You've got, you got your community, your hospital, your industry... And now all of a sudden you've got aesthetics. It's, it's just something, okay, when you, you're at uni thinking, okay, what should I do? It's a brand new thing. Yeah, and right. like there's, satu- there's so much saturation in pharmacy we all know about. This, this is something which is completely unsaturated and something that you can think about now. Yeah, it's, I mean, I have a vision and I, I'd like to think the vision goes that way but it may completely take a U-turn in the next year and it may completely change. I mean, we are still learning and growing and understanding the the mindset of a pharmacist and how it kind of works with what we're doing. So, I mean, this is something that I'm sort of studying and ensuring people how people are, what they're reacting to, how we can manage that. What we've got right now is something that has never been done. It's very unique to the UK and pretty much the world. No one does this. So it's like a cool kind of thing, but it's a lot of pressure to make sure it works and runs smoothly for everyone that was amar Sajde, founder of pharmaesthetics uk and fischl shah local pharmacist discussing the role of aesthetic pharmacy if you have any thoughts on pharmacy aesthetics contact cnd at have your say at chemist and thanks for listening